listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Hi, this is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. If you're in the business of getting business, then this is the show for you. And one way that you can get business from your prospects is by increasing your profile. How do you do that? You raise a brand awareness of you. One way you can do that is by giving presentations at trade association meetings. I'll never forget the very first time I did this. This is back in the late 90s. I was speaking at a trade association monthly luncheon meeting. There were about 100 people there. I was talking about what recruiters look for and high-performing professionals. And it probably wasn't a very good speech. I mean, it was, it was probably okay, but it wasn't like tears streaming down their cheeks saying, you changed my life forever or something like that. It was just, it was okay. And I noticed that there were three of my competitors sitting in the audience. I was on the stage. And they were in the audience. Who do you think was memorable in the minds of all those attendees as who was the leading expert in recruiting? It was me, just because I was given the talk. Was I better than the other people there? I don't know. But I was the one giving the presentation. And that's what you can do in building your brand, is to give presentations to groups that include your prospects. And one way you can get ideas on how to do this is through our guest today. And her name is Jane Atkinson. I first met Jane in 2003. This is when I was doing a lot of speaking. She helps professional speakers build speaking businesses, and those professionals get more speaking engagements to raise their profile. She's going to share some ideas with you that I think could be very helpful for you. She's worked in the speaking business at speakers' bureaus, and she's even worked as an agent representing very successful, high-level motivational speakers. So I think she's going to give you some great ideas today. If you've got a moment... If you could go to Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, and give this show a five-star review, I'd really appreciate that. I'm trying to get those reviews up, and that really helps out so much. Thank you very much for that. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. I've got a special guest, a close friend of mine, someone that I've actually hired to help me in my speaking efforts. I've got Jane Atkinson with us on today. And today we're talking about speaking to build your brand. Jane, this is exciting to have you here on the show. I am so thrilled. Feels like a nice full circle moment here. Yeah, I know. Do you remember when we first met at that conference? I remember a piece of art. You painted a piece of art, and I don't remember what conference it was, but um, that's my memory. My memory is not the best. Well, I remember <laughs> before that, I mean, I was just, I was a nobody, right? And I, and I met you at a conference. It was at a speaker's conference, and you were sitting in between me and another speaker whose last name was Lust. Kevin Lust. Lust. Or Kevin Lust, yeah. And, uh... <laughs> and here I am sitting between love and lust. That's right. How about that? <laughs> Who would have thought? And I, and I thought I had a, a fun name. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah, so much fun. Absolutely. So for those of you that don't know Jane, she works in the speaking industry. And I thought that her expertise would help those law firm partners that want to build a brand or anybody that's in professional services sales. Your job is to get noticed. And if enough people say you're a big deal, then you become a big deal. And speaking is one way to do that. And Jane, tell us a little bit about your background. You've been in this for a little bit. Tell us about what you've done and some of the things that you've learned along the way. Well, we're holding it 30 years, so it'll probably right. be 35, 38 years or something like that. But I have been in the business first as an agent for speakers. So mm -hmm. I sold 
three speakers. When I met you, I was selling a speaker as their business manager. And I learned the business in a basement office on straight commission, three years, kind of grinding it out. Uh, Way back then, we had a process called call, send, call. We would find out whether or not there was a conference. We would send them some materials and we would call back to book the conference should they be interested. And it's not that much different today. I mean, it's still a numbers game. And we were able back then to double my speaker's business year over year. So I work with people who get paid to speak. That's right. Now, some of your listeners may prefer to speak to sell. Mm -hmm. And that way is perfectly acceptable. A lot of the same things apply. It's still a numbers game. Mm -hmm. And so after uh, three different speakers and about 15 years went by, I, a lot of people were asking me, how did I make my speakers so successful? How did I build their brands so quickly? I took one speaker from zero to a million dollars in uh, speaking revenue. And they kept asking me. And so then I became a coach and I started working with people on how to build their speaking business. Right. I know just from working with you and seeing what you've done is that you're phenomenal. The people that you've worked with When they've applied themselves and they've gone all the way, they've gone straight to the top. So it's exciting to see that. And my route is a little bit different where I'm not a speaker speaker. I didn't move to Las Vegas. I didn't join the circus like we like I thought about doing years ago. I wanted to. I just like uh, I like stability and I like I like talking to lawyers all day and recruiting is a lot of fun. But the one thing I've seen as I really built my recruiting brand, which I've been doing since 95 is that I found that if I can get in front of an audience and I can talk about this is how law firms can market themselves to lateral partners, then I become an expert. If a partner, let's say an IP partner, let's say a trademark partner, if he speaks at a trademark conference, that partner is then known as a credentialed expert. Mm -hmm. And so tell us about, first, maybe start with the psychology. Why do you think that is? And then what are some action steps a professional can take to get booked to speak at a conference like that? Well, the minute you see someone who's been selected to speak, you think, well, they've been thoroughly vetted by somebody else. Right. So being asked, being invited to speak has already identified you as an expert. It's raised you up out of the pack of people who are doing what you do. So if you're a partner in a law firm, sure, there's lots of other partners out there, but you were the one, the chosen one, who's been asked to to stand up on stage and give your opinion. And one of the things that we like to do early on, Scott, is figure out what your sweet spot is. Mm -hmm. Figure Mm -hmm. out what it is that you do so well in order to grow your business and have the success that you've done. A lot of people don't really give it much thought. Like, well, why am I so successful? What is it that, oh, I recognize now that I'm a relationship builder or I'm a connector or whatever it might be. A lot of people have a lot of strengths that they think everybody has, and Mm -hmm. that's simply not true. A lot of your listeners are indeed already experts. They just haven't really defined it yet, probably. Interesting. What are some examples of that of professionals that you've worked with? Well, for instance, Vince Pacenti was an Olympic athlete. He went to the Olympics and he didn't win. In fact, he came in 14th or 15th place. And so and he had a joke about he was a speed skier. He had uh, missed the cut by, you know, a teeny 
tiniest, tiniest amount of time and margin. So the story became not winning at the Olympics, but give, having given his dad, who passed away not long after, the greatest time of his life. Oh, wow. That's so he fantastic. talked about yeah. his three C's to getting there, how he visualized and imagined himself. He forgot to imagine himself an Olympic gold medalist. He really locked in top 10 speed skier in Canada or and top 10 in the world, I think it was. He achieved many of his goals, but he didn't quite lock in the gold medal winner. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so he went on to become a performance expert and write, you know, talk about the speed in business and different things like that. And he was really able to establish his experience as an Olympic athlete. Mm -hmm. What is it that he knew that other people could learn from? And I still remember some of the mindset techniques from Vince that he taught me, you know, 20 years ago. And he seems, when you look at how speakers are categorized more into the inspirational, motivational speaker type category, have you ever worked with speakers that have a real clear technical expertise, like they're an expertise on safety or engineering or something like that? Have you ever done that before, Jane? Yeah. And and let's say somebody who is a safety expert, uh, Candace Carnahan is an example, who is an amputee, goes out and gives uh, safety talks. And... She has created a brand completely onto herself. You don't expect a safety expert to come in and be, you know, young and beautiful, which she is. And so it's kind of unexpected and it's refreshing going into these manufacturing facilities and talking about safety. So you never really know where your market is going to be and who's going to glom onto what it is that you have. Sometimes the market takes you in places that are unexpected. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say there's a professional listening to this that says, you know, I've been thinking about speaking or getting on panels at conferences. All of my senior colleagues do that. They're always quoted. They've done X number in the last three years. And I see them at all the trade conferences with their name and lights. Mm -hmm. How do I do that? What action steps would you recommend that person take to kind of get to that point? You know, uh, social media has really been a game changer. So, of course, we could go, we could kick it old school and write. Mm-hmm. We can do papers and be putting out a LinkedIn article every single week that mm. starts to build your fan base and your following in that regard. And when people are looking for your topic, they may be able to see that you've got a lot published. And I think writing is still something that's important going on other people's podcast OPPs we call them you know going out and finding podcasts that would be appropriate for you to start to establish your brand and build your expertise would be another thing we have something new to the scene called clubhouse getting out and speaking on Clubhouse and being heard and being a panelist and being seen as an expert is something else. Is Clubhouse something that is kind of taking the legal profession by storm or are people shining away from it? I have no idea. It's something that's just been off my radar. So it's audio only Mm -hmm. and there are meetings going on pretty much 24-7 because it's a global phenomenon and you might pop your head into a clubhouse room that has two or 3,000 people listening at any time. And so a great way to be seen as an expert is through things like that, but also on social media. Mm -hmm. 
really be clear on what are the aspects of your brand that you want to put out there. For instance, for my brand, we are often looking at the sunny side of things. So there's lots of brands out there who are kind of doom, gloom, watch out for this. Mm -hmm. But we are asking, you know, for the good news post on Facebook every Monday morning, tell us what business you're booking so that in the middle of COVID, when things are looking really grim, people could go and see 20 people have booked business and yeah, a little bit better. So that was a very conscious, intentional part of our brand is that we're here to say, look, anything's possible, people. That's great. So let's say a professional does some of these things. Let's say he or she makes a commitment. I'm going to write an article each week, 700 words, going to push it out on LinkedIn. At the end of 10 weeks, I've got 10 articles. I'm going to take that content. I'm going to offer it to trade associations. I'm going to, and this is something I used to do years ago. I would reach out to trade association executive directors, and I would offer to write an article on a certain topic. And then I would ask that executive director who within your trade association is on your board. Maybe I could interview them and quote them and you can give them some splash as a way to give back. Well, because you're on this trade association board, we want to give you visibility to our group and you accomplish multiple objectives by doing that. Let's say somebody's done that. And now they're going to reach out to that trade association to see about speaking at a conference. Who do you think they should talk to? What do you think they should say? And where do they go from that point? Well, you can start with the executive director and work your way backwards from there. A big association will have someone who is just in charge of a conference, Mm -hmm. but the executive director's assistant will be able to tell you who runs the speakers for such and such events. When you're talking about speaking for free, it's much different. And a lot of times you might be getting into a call for proposal situation where they want to fill up their breakouts. And remember, these associations need good content. They need you. And so uh, you might start by putting in proposals for breakout slots. And if you do indeed want to get paid at some point, then you might say, okay, I think I'm ready for the big show. And Mm -hmm. that's going up to the main stage to do the keynote. So maybe you do breakouts a couple of years in a row at the association that houses the types of people that you want to get in front of. And what's interesting is that uh, what I found with just for my own business, by staying focused on my business, I would get asked to speak as a keynoter, as a breakout person, as a panelist, Mm. even as a master of ceremonies where I'm not getting paid a dime. And I found that I'm making more money that way because I'm speaking at the right conferences. And I'm saying like maybe a total of six conferences in the course of a year, instead of when I had my training business that I eventually sold where I was doing 50 paid gigs. Now it's gone all along or all, all the time with this business, I'm able to find those opportunities that put me in front of other buying prospects or people that can be advocates for future business. And I, at least for my business as a legal recruiter, It was good for me just to be in front of groups where you get people talking about you. And those people are talking to the people that you really want to get to know. Mm. Uh, So that's something that I found that even if you're not even thinking about getting paid for a speech, that's the last thing on your mind. You can make more money if you're in the right kind of business. Let's say a partner at a big law firm doing six speeches a year, maybe even four speeches a year, where you've got these chief counsel prospects that are sitting in the audience there. 
Yeah, um, that's exactly Rainmaker is what we're talking about. And so one of the little techniques to do while you're delivering these presentations, even if you are the MC, is to work in some of the story about what you do in your day job. Oh, that's great. That's great. right. You want to make sure that your byline, if you do, if you write an article, that there's some sort of call to action at the end that says what you do. And for more information about keynotes or breakout sessions or workshops or whatever it might be, how to get in touch with you. So when you are doing things that might be off brand, like say MCing, you want to be sure and say, now, normally what I do is this, you know, in my day job, I do this. And so just don't let the opportunity pass you by without sharing with people what it is that you really do do. And you mentioned a couple of good points. I wanted to go back over these, Jane, you talked about stories, tell a story, or you could talk about one of your clients. I I had a client that had a matter this is what I did. These were the action steps I took. This is what I recommended. And this is how it benefited him. Mm-hmm. That's a lot better than saying, call me now. Operators are standing by. The phone call is free. <laughs> it's a better commercial, right? To tell a story. Definitely sell. And you want to wrap up what you're trying to get across in a story. And here's a little tip. Let's say back to that same story. You want to try to make the audience or somebody else the hero of your story. So even though you're the guide for the process that made them so great, try to make the client the hero of the story. And I think that that's a great way to go as well. The more you can put the highlight on somebody else, the more than I think it helps serve you long term. That's great. So you could talk about you had a client that was a chief counsel you came up with an idea and he was able to take that to their CEO yes. and it saved the day, you know? And so I think that's, that's a really good tip. I love that. What, what are the tips do you have about telling good stories, Jane? Well, I think what we need to recognize is that we're in a land of virtual right now. Mm-hmm. And so you can tell a lot in just three or four lines of a story if you introduce a story properly. But think about how to give your stories a beginning, a middle, and an ending. Mm. And think about stories that people will relate to. And your research, by the way, can really help you kind of make the audience the heroes of your story. So it could be that before you go in and even deliver a free presentation, you might be talking to people ahead of time. You might introduce that as a story, or you might even ask the person who brought you in, hey, are there two or three people who are quite well liked by the association that I might be able to interview for a couple of pieces of my presentation? Oh, wow, that's great. And then you ask them very specific questions that allow you to customize your presentation. These are all things that even intermediate and seasoned speakers, Scott, are sometimes not using. So these are good little tips of the trade. And see, what's great, Jane, is that what I've noticed for people that are in legal, they're not going to pick up the phone and start cold calling prospects. Hi, I saw you got sued. Do you need a lawyer to represent you? It's just not done at, at high levels. And when they can put themselves in the path of those prospects that have a need, when that need comes up, they're going to get the call. And when they can have these meaningful conversations through an introduction, 
about a topic that they're speaking on at their industry conference, then it's it's like they have three things going for them. Number one, they've got a referral. Number two, they're speaking at a conference. Number three, they're bonding with this future prospect. Yeah. So I think that's brilliant. That's a brilliant idea. Imagine if all of your prospects were under one roof at an association. So a great way to find out where your clients hang out like is to say, what associations do you belong to? Where do I find more people like you? Right, right. And then, oh, well, I belong to blah, blah, blah. There's 200 of us in the room every month for this event. Oh, okay. Now you know exactly where to go to double down on something that you've already seen working. That's great, Jane. And another tip I thought of as you're mentioning this about what do I write about to build my profile I would say go to the previous conference websites where you're thinking of speaking at, look at what the breakout topics were. That's what you can write about because that's what's on everybody's mind. Yes. And keep it under the umbrella of the expertise that you want to build. Right. Okay. So if you think about what you want to be known for, that kind of, we talk about this in the shape of an umbrella, the word that goes at the top of the umbrella is what your expertise is going to be all about. Some people, it's really broad, like leadership or something right. like that. But if you can even figure out what your brand of leadership effectiveness is, then that goes up there. And then you might have some topics that you can write about that all fall beautifully underneath that umbrella. Leadership might be communication, might be team building. You know, these can all be a part of your brand. That's great. And when you talk about a call to action at the end, what, what do you mean by that? And what are some examples that a professional might use as a call to action? Well, the goal is a call to action no matter what you're doing. So let's say you're writing that blog post or the post for LinkedIn. At the end of the article, what do you want people to do? Mm. What's your CTA? So if you would like to know more about this topic or you know, check out this speech and use the actual speech title in the call to action, then I think you'll just be continually informing people what it is that you do. You know, book a 15-minute discovery call to see if we'd like to bring this topic into your organization. Or it might be to get a free download. That takes people from the LinkedIn the noise of LinkedIn, and then pulls them into your website. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that might be a possibility as well. Some people it's, might yeah. already have all this infrastructure set up. They just need to point their point all of their tools into this one direction. And that call to action is important. It may be a discovery call. It may be a freebie that you've developed that you want to gather their name and email with. That's We call that a lead magnet. It may be you know, let's do something together. You want to really lead the horse to the water. Exactly That's great. What, what you'd like. That's great, Jane. And so tell me this then, if there were three action steps somebody could take to kind of get started on what you've shared with us today, what would those be? Well, once you've set out the idea of speaking to sell, speaking to build your brand, I think you need to commit and assign some time to actually getting it done. So we have clients who have very big day jobs and our goal is that they assign X amount of time per month to move the dream forward. Right. They want to achieve something. We know that it's going to take some consistent action in order to do that. So assign some time to your dream, put that on your calendar, 
We have freebie that we can offer to people if they go to speakerlauncher.com forward slash million forward slash. And we'll put that link on our website notes. Okay. We can share with you what it takes to actually earn money at speaking. So if you want to get to a million dollars, this is, you know, we'll break it down for you for your first hundred K. Here's what you need to do for the next jump. Here's what you need to do all the way up to a million. We break down all the steps for you. That's something that you can do. What would the last thing be? I would say just get out there and commit to doing something consistently like one LinkedIn article a week or something like that. That's great. There's this one young partner, an up and coming partner that had a very clear business plan that he shared with me. And I was so impressed with that. I said, what's your overarching goal? How would you synthesize this in just a few sentences? And he said, I want to make one meaningful connection a week Mm. with some sort of prospect. And I said, how did you come up with that? He's like one a week, 50 a year. And it could be meeting them at a conference. It could be speaking in front of them. And he would actually go to build his own, uh, his own conferences. He would put his own conferences together. When you get at that point, now you've got a very highly credible brand built when people see you as that connector, yeah. uh, which I thought was really impressive. But even if people just get started today in taking one small step forward, that can lead to something where they can have a huge brand. And this, uh, some people want to speak for money. Other people, they want to be a practitioner of their profession, and they want to speak a few times a year, and that's going to give them some splash. It's going to help them build a brand, as you put it, Jane. And tell us about your services. What do you do? What do you have that can help people that are thinking of doing this? And maybe you could kind of share a little bit more about that, Jane. Well, we have a school called the Wealthy Speakers School that emerging speakers come into We have both an online course and a membership community. So people going through the course are helping each other out. As they're doing it, we meet six or seven times a month and have all kinds of different topics that they can be a part of in terms of group coaching. So that's one level. Then if people are like, okay, I'm ready for something more, we put them into one of our masterminds. We have several different groups of um, masterminds on the go at any given time. And then some people will say, look, I don't want to waste any time with anybody but you. I just want to talk to you. And so I also do private coaching with people. We typically will work with them for a year to build that dream that they're after. A lot of the people that I work with in private coaching have a pretty big day job. Right. So that's why we tend to want to talk to them at least once a month to make sure that we're moving the dream forward. That's great. And tell me about the books that you've written. Well, thank you for asking. I actually have a new book coming out any day now. It's called Scaling Your Speaking Business, 10 Strategies for Earning More While Doing Less. But the book that started it all is called The Wealthy Speaker 2.0. And that's really the framework to how to get a speaking business started. That's great, Jane. Well, Jane, thank you so much. We're going to put all the links that you mentioned on the show notes here. So if people are listening, you want to get in touch with Jane, just go to the site where you saw the podcast. And Jane, thanks so much for being here. I'm sure we'll be talking again real soon. I appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit 
therainmakingpodcast.com. 